It's time for the Hammer Down Show with Jared Jesselitis. Oh, yes. And what was that beginning, middle, and end part again? Streaming online at 1017thehammer.com. All right, sounds good. Let's do this. High school weekend, we've got uh, local swimmers competing for state championships over the weekend. Also, uh, tonight, uh, the last round of regular season hoops in boys basketball. Sectional draw was back on Sunday. We got a lot to talk to him about with that. So just a, a tremendous amount of stuff to get to here today. Uh, it's going to be a good Friday here, so hang tight. If you got thoughts, you got questions, I want to hear them. It's the Blue Fox Heating Cooling Hammerhead text line, 765-447-4080. That number again, 765-447-4080. That is how you get a hold of me. want to hear uh, if you got stuff here for me on a Friday. I'll fire that up here in just a few minutes, but right now get started with the Need to Know News. Here's your Need to Know News. All right, let's do this thing. Um, Big Ten last night. Let's go. Great news for your Boilers after last night. The Big Ten title is a win away for Purdue. Illinois comes back to beat Northwestern 66-62. It's a cover, which I love. Uh, erasing an 18-point lead at the half the Wildcats had. A line that were left for dead, so to speak. Just 19 in that first half. They come back. Terrence Shannon Jr., back from concussion protocol, dropped 26 points on the 21st-ranked team in the country with that Wildcat loss. Purdue can now clinch at least a share of the Big Ten title if they can beat Indiana tomorrow in a sold-out Mackey Arena in prime time. Other action from last night. Penn State wins on the road 75-71, trying to fight their way out of that first day of the Big Ten tournament. They beat the Buckeyes in Columbus. Michigan with a road win at Rutgers. That one shocked me. 58-45. to No offense from Rutgers. Both those teams shot like right at to a little below 40%. It was ugly. There is no Friday night action because uh, we just can't seem to have nice things from the Big Ten on a Friday. Friday and Monday. I don't know what it is, but they never let us have it. So that'll take us to Saturday, and we've got much more action going on on Saturday here. Uh, started out with Michigan State at Iowa at noon, Minnesota at Nebraska 3.30, Purdue at Indiana at 7.30. I'm assuming the trophy will be actually in the building. Purdue wins, they get a sh- at least a share of it. That would eliminate Indiana. And basically, one more Purdue win or one more Northwestern loss would make Purdue the outright champion. Uh, Weekend action in Purdue sports. Baseball off to North Carolina. They've got a weekend uh, slate with NJIT. Softball's got a 5-3 and start. They get five games starting today. Two against Bradley. They play Columbia today. They've also got number 23 UCF on Saturday. Louisville 
on Sunday. Tennis has free to attend action this weekend at home. Men are currently hosting Xavier over at Schwartz. Women host Butler and Toledo tomorrow, and then the men host Toledo on Sunday. Blackhawks acquiring veteran Nikita Zaitsev. 2023 second-round pick as well, and a 2026 fourth-rounder from Ottawa in exchange for future considerations. Please take this contract from this 31-year-old man that they no longer want to play. He had a limited no-trade clause, but for some reason Chicago was on the list of approved teams. Take some salary and take the second-round pick, and Chicago says, yeah, okay, we can do that. Tonight, Bulls on a seven-game losing streak. Back in action, a two-point favorite at home as they host the Brooklyn Nets. Boys High School hoops will wrap up uh, tonight. Sectionals will start on Tuesday. So tonight, in action, Central Catholic at Lewis Cass. Harrison hosts Lebanon, 7.30. Westside hosts Rossville, 7.30. McCutcheon takes a drive up to Lake Central. Faith not in action. And neither Jeff. So there you go. And that's what I got for you today. That's Need to Know News for this Friday, February the 24th. Hit the button. There we go. Back in action again tonight with uh, some more great picks. Boy, we should have listened to my gut there with that uh, Penn State and Ohio State. I sat here and I said, I don't want to bet that one. I don't want to make an official pick. But I when I mentioned the over, I mentioned Penn State. Yeah, both those hit. Good job, Jared. We not put that. We split last night here. Uh, we do get the cover from Northwestern. Although at the half it was looking like, man, it should take in the money line. But we still cover there. I think that closed at like seven points. That was an easy pickup at seven. And then Rutgers just, what's Rutgers doing? Is Michigan starting to come alive a little bit? Uh, very disappointing performance. Out of Rutgers. By the way, our friends over at DraftKings still want to uh, hook you up with a no sweat same game parlay again in the NBA. You can do that tonight. 50% boost on your uh, Premier League parlay for the weekend. Same game parlay boost up to 100% on the NBA. So they're going to give you a boost and they're going to give you a no sweat one tonight. Not bad. Should have done my research on that and gotten you a good Bulls pick. I haven't checked my NBA guy. I, I started into hockey tonight. I'll give you, look, I'm going to give you a couple hockey picks for tonight. Nate McKinnon. I know, that's hard. Nate McKinnon has nine goals, nine assists in uh, his last ten games against the Jets, who they play tonight. Nine goals, nine assists in last ten games. So Nate McKinnon tonight. You're looking for some action there. Also looking for some action in this uh, Buffalo and Florida game. Keith Kachuk, one assist. I'll do that over the point. He has nine assists in his last 10 against Buffalo. He's got 17 points in his last 10 against Buffalo. 13 assists in his last 10 games straight up right now. Buffalo allows the fifth most shots in the league. Two left-wingers. So those are the picks that I'm going to dial up here for tonight. All right? And that's Keith Kachuk. He plays for Florida. 
I'm good with you going ahead and taking the assist because you're going to get you're going to get much better odds on something there instead of a point. Like if you take him on an assist tonight, he is oh gosh, it's minus one sixty already. You might have to take him on an actual point here too, and then have to take the multiple ones over one and a half points. So if you get two points tonight, it's a plus one ten. I know, you can parlay him together with Nate McKinnon, I guess. I didn't realize it was that low. I didn't check it. I just saw I just saw the stats and I didn't check the uh, I didn't check the uh the juice on it for you. So if I take him at the minus 160 and then if we go ahead and uh let's just say we'll take Nate McKinnon Nate McKinnon, how many points? He probably needs like a point and a half, too, doesn't he? Yeah, he needs a point and a half, too. Why don't we just take Nate McKinnon to score a goal? Nate McKinnon to score a goal. Matthew, Chuck, over uh, one, get to one plus assists, parlay it together, 249. There you go. I wish you had more Friday nights. Or just, it's slim pickings. I'm trying out a new NBA guy. So I don't want to start giving out stuff here too early on that. Wish I had a little bit more for you on Friday. Coming up tomorrow, they're not going to have the odds out probably till like after 7 o'clock uh, on, that, uh, on the Big Ten action. But I'll tell you this, clearly Iowa at home against Michigan State. Nebraska at home against Minnesota, and Purdue at home against Indiana. I got a feeling if you took all three money lines, you're probably barely over even. <laughs> I think that Purdue-Indiana game could quite honestly get out of hand. You're listening to me and um, and Jeff Julek talk about this in the Boiler Basketball Show here coming up at 4 o'clock, but I think that game, you're going to be able to get a good sense of what's going to happen in that game in the first 10 to 12 minutes. Because IU just does not have that depth at guard. And if they want to get Jalen Huchifino up there and pressuring Braden Smith, there's too much contact and the Mackey crowd get the calls. And they're forced to back off of that. They can't do what they want to do defensively against Purdue. That could get out of hand really quickly. Really quickly if Purdue starts getting calls. Even on Trace Jackson Davis too. He gets in any kind of foul trouble, they're done. So something to keep in mind there. Um, but I would expect that Purdue-Indiana line to open up somewhere around 8, 8.5. That would be my guess. It might be a little bit higher. Just because Indiana's been so bad on the road. But it is a rivalry game. But come on. Mackey Arena is just going to be like deafeningly loud. I'm excited for that. I really am. We're going to take a break. Sam King, Journal and Courier, coming up next. We'll talk a little high school with him. We'll talk uh, some Purdue basketball as well. That's coming up next. Stick around. Amber Down Show is rolling right now. 1017 The Hammer. Hey, welcome back to The Hammer Down Show. 1017 The Hammer and 1017TheHammer.com. I love Fridays, man. I can talk to so many great people, like, you know, Alan and uh, Nate on the uh, Boiler Basketball Show. But I also get to talk to Sam King, Lafayette Journal and Courier. Nobody hustles harder locally 
than this guy does. They should give him uh, an award for it. You got an award this week, didn't you? Didn't the like the wrestlers give you an award? Uh, yeah, I was uh, I was uh, honored to receive the media award from the Indiana High School Wrestling Coaches Association. So. Um, Yes, I did get some recognition this week. About dang time. About dang time somebody recognized you around here, Sam. Good job, uh, by the way. Congratulations on doing that. Uh, that was, uh, hey, look, you had a couple of uh, guys there almost win some state titles last weekend uh, down there at uh, the Fieldhouse. I mean, uh, Cole came awfully close there. I know he made the final. That's, uh, man, that's that's a tough pill to swallow at the end of the season there. But just to get to that level, uh, it's pretty darn impressive in Indiana high school wrestling. Yeah, he was the 20th ranked wrestler in his weight class. So to be in the final match of the season, uh, definitely overachieving. I think, uh, his mom told me, you know, we were kind of happy to be there. And if we got to the second round, that's, you know, icing on the cake. And it just happened to be his 17th birthday. And he just kept winning and got to the final match against the number one ranked wrestler at 220 pounds and, and got beat. The same kid who beat him in the semi state championship. So. All in all, uh, you know, he's a junior, so he's got a lot of motivation to come back and, and get better. But uh, it was a great run for him. And then his, his junior classmate at McCutcheon, Aiden Dallinger, was, the, I believe, sixth-place finisher at 113 pounds. So a uh, great day for McCutcheon wrestling at the state finals last week. Yeah, that was that was pretty darn awesome. Um, Sam, let's talk uh, about some of the stuff coming up here in the, in the next week or so. And, uh, well, first off, there's this weekend. Uh, we do have some local swimmers uh, competing for state championship. Prelims are tonight. Uh, finals are tomorrow. Um, I already know that, the yes, there is somebody very fast over at Harrison. He's been fast. Um, and I when I saw sectional uh, times and, and what uh, Clingy did, I, I, I could not believe the 50 time. It was absolutely insane well, i think he's uh what third or second seed in the hunter fly as well i mean it's a junior man i don't know how that kid does it yeah and uh two years ago i don't know if i would have seen this coming and yeah his his in a swimming family his parents are both in the Purdue swim program uh but it's uh i think to win the 50 freestyle last year as a sophomore was a huge confidence boost and he's just taken off since then and uh now he's you know easily the number one seed in the 50 which i think is the hardest state championship to win in high school swimming because it's it's so fast. You basically jump off the block and, and you're back uh, touching the wall uh, in under 20 seconds. So uh, there's no margin for errors. So to be the number one seed um, really tells you how great of a weekend he had last week. And the biggest thing is he didn't train for the sectional. He, he hasn't tapered yet training. either. Yeah, exactly. He's, that's scary. Yeah, he's going to go faster, and he's got a chance to win, as you said, two individual state championships. He's also on two Harrison relay teams um, that have a chance to get to tomorrow. And then West Lafayette has a whole bunch of guys, both individually and on relays, uh, that you know they can place in, I think, seven events if the seed times hold true, which would be phenomenal. Uh, and that would probably put West Lafayette up in the top tier of teams in terms of team scoring at the state finals, and that's really what it's all about. It's, you know, it's great to win an individual state championship, but you want to really get relays through because that gets you yep. double points. in the next day, and on top of that, the alternates. So you have four alternates that get to come back, and that's eight kids that get to experience uh, state finals atmosphere. Yeah, Ryan Knipp is, uh, what, he's seated fifth in the uh, 200 freestyle. So, like I said, it's all about getting into that. You want the top 16, that's great, but if you can get in the top eight, uh, especially with your, um, especially with your uh, uh, relays, uh, that's absolutely huge. And I think um, you know Matthew's got a chance. We talked about that fifty. 
And the seed time's at 19.74, which is crazy. He's at least six-tenths faster than anybody else, which is an eternity in that event. Uh, he is four-tenths away, uh, less than four-tenths away from the actual state record. Uh, so if he was able to do that, and uh, anytime you take somebody from Carmel off the board, uh, the swimming world rejoices, let me tell you. So uh, if he doesn't do it this year, boy, uh, i got to think that thing falls next year. Uh, that is... Uh, that's that's not easy to do. So uh, that's awesome. We'll be watching boys swimming this weekend. Uh, last weekend, the uh, boys high school hoops uh, sectional draws were made. I know you uh, called special attention to the uh, sectional draw out in Delphi. Uh, that one contained uh, what Central Catholic there, and you said that's an absolutely brutal one. Uh, talk to me a little bit more about that one and what makes it so brutal in your eyes. Well, I think especially when you look at you know last year, and I know every year is different. You had Carroll in the 2A semi-state, and you had Central Catholic in the two, in the Class A state championship. So they're both in the same sectional. And on top of that, you just have a lot of really good teams around them. And um, I know Central Catholic, in terms of regular season success, probably hasn't had the year that it hoped for. But you look at that sectional, and you think that's a team that could be scary dangerous. Um, you know, if it, it gets hot, it's got the, you know, CC has the right pieces, I think, and um, excellent uh, guard play. Ben Mazur hasn't shot the ball very well this year, but he's very capable of getting hot. And then you look at Albert Schwartz and Tanner Fields. Uh, those guys are um, really good players and, and basically every night scoring 15 to 20 points. And then uh, Carroll's just got an absolutely loaded uh, group of kids um, that uh, I guess last year was kind of a, an introduction to what they're capable of and got to the semi-state and lost to Connor Season, who's, as we found out with his freshman year at Wisconsin, a really darn good basketball player. So uh, I think that kind of fed the motivation to bring this team back and, and get one step further this season. So uh, if those two clash, it will be a great game, I'm sure. And obviously, like I said, there's some other teams in there that uh, could throw a monkey wrench in the whole thing. I thought we used to do this uh, sectional seven at Crawley, but now it's out at uh, Kokomo. Uh, and that's got a majority of your local teams with uh, Jeff Harrison and McCutcheon in it. Now, McCutcheon got the luck of the draw there. They get the first round by. They avoid Harrison. They avoid Kokomo, which are probably the two best teams uh, in that uh, sectional. But uh, that's another one I would anticipate is going to be a, a little bit of a slobber knocker here until you get to the championship. Yeah, and Kokomo is the team to beat there, and, and Kokomo's received a lot of praise in the last two years. Last year was kind of uh, I would say an unexpected run to uh, not that so much that Kokomo won that sectional beating Lafayette Jeff in the championship, but more so that Kokomo won the regional that had Fletcher Lawyers team in it and had uh, Braden Smith team in it. So that was a that was a, a big, um, I guess, something to hang their hat on and get to the semi-state and lose by one point. I think it was to a, an undefeated team. Uh, so. I believe that the Wildcats are going to come back and say, hey, you know, we made this improbable run last year, and now it's expected of us. Um, but there is a big thing about being the target. And uh, teams now have every scouting report you could have on Flory Badunga there. So uh, there's going to be some gimmicked-up type of situations, defenses, so forth and so on. And, and Jeff really held him in check in the regular season this year. So uh, I think teams are shooting for Kokomo, but you got to get past, you know, the teams that you play in front of you first. So, um, and for McCutcheon, you know, it's not been a great year uh, for that team, but had an unexpected win against Lafayette Jeff that I think kind of showed, you know, when we hit outside shots, we're, we're as dangerous as anybody. So uh, you get to this point of the year, a one-and-done tournament, 
and anybody can have one good day and, and knock somebody off. Talk with Sam King of the Lafayette Journal and Courier here on our Hammerhead Hotline. Well, McCutcheon got themselves a little luck of the draw. Uh, West Lafayette has been given absolutely zero favors in their draw uh, down there in uh, Frankfurt. They're going to take on Western, who uh, I believe has beaten them already uh, twice uh, this season. Uh, so that is uh, right out the gate. Boy, that, uh, that that's a tough one there for West Lafayette. Yeah, but West Lafayette also is uh, it's a team that's probably much better than I thought it would be this year. Um, what are they, 12-10 and 10 right now, 12-11, something like that. I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, I'm going there tonight uh, for their, their home game against Rossville, so I'll probably do some more research before I get over there. Um, but I think West Lafayette's a, a pretty good team, and what Jacob and Arsdale's done in just two seasons there, um, people forget that uh, this team would have had Braden Shrewsbury on it uh, had it had you know Michael Shrewsbury not accepted the Penn State job a couple years ago. So uh, when David Woods stepped away, this was a real enticing job, and then when when that family moved, uh, maybe less or so because your best player basically was moving away. Um, but just in, in two quick years, he's got it turned around and. He's got these kids believing that, hey, we can go out and beat anybody. Um, and that's the biggest thing is probably just getting kids to believe. And for, uh, West Lafayette has had a lot of success, success uh, in sectionals at Frankfurt. I believe uh, they won two under David Wood. Uh, and I'm dating myself here, but it's probably been 2009, 10, 11, somewhere in there uh, that they were not the favorite and went over there and, and just beat teams. I think one of those years, Western included, where Daniel Wadica, uh either took a charge or plowed over somebody and made a layup and maybe should have been a charge and was called an N1, um, but got got some breaks, which you have to do at this point in the year. So maybe you can look back on that and say, hey, those teams weren't expected to go win sectional titles and then went and did it anyway. Can't believe we got a Daniel Wadica reference. We're dating ourselves, both knowing what that is. I can't believe how long ago that was. But uh, we're getting up there, Sam. Sam King on with us here the Journal and Courier on the uh, Hammerhead Hotline. All right, so you just came from uh, Mackey. It was uh, player availability today. Uh, you got to uh, talk to coach. You got to talk to uh, players. I- I'm sure at this point of the year, it's, it's a lot of um, – it- it- it's purely business here. I don't know that you get anything to – you know, revolutionary here in, in player or uh, coach comments. They don't want to put up any bulletin board material or anything like that, but kind of give me uh, what the vibe was today and uh, what you heard. Well, uh, first of all, this the stakes on this game went up a whole lot last night uh, about what time was it, 11 o'clock, when Illinois was able to hold off Northwestern and, um, you know, Boo Booey's layup doesn't go in at the end. So now... If you beat Indiana on Saturday, you can't do worse than share the Big Ten title. Um, and you've got three games left and only need to win uh, basically one game out of that, those three. Now you'd like to win three or, or at least two of those three. But um, I think the message Matt Painter sent to the team is, yes, there's a, a Big Ten championship on the line here, but can't worry about that. You know, Just do take care of business, and, and the rest will take care of itself. So. Uh, I think Purdue's well aware that it lost at Indiana, got off to an atrocious start, and then got within uh, what, one or two points there in the second half and just couldn't close it anymore. Um, it's important to get off to a quick start, get the crowd behind you, and then hopefully just uh, you know run away with this thing and everybody's happy and you know bring out a trophy 
and, and celebrate on, on court in front of your home fans. So uh, I think that's just kind of the message is clean up the mistakes that we made last time, make our free throws, which they didn't do against Indiana, and we're celebrating. So um, Trace Jackson Davis was, seemed to be a hot topic today. Um, if there is a contender for Big Ten Player of the Year, not named Zach Eady, that's who it is. So maybe this is a chance to kind of – put that stamp on it and, and make sure that, uh, you know, there's no question that it's Zach Eady's uh, award to win. I don't think there is a question at this point, despite uh, whatever Twitter accounts or writers at other newspapers in the state want to make it out to be, Sam. That's just me. I am a little bit biased, but also I've, I've looked at the stats and I have a brain. So uh, that's just me. Sam King, Lafayette, Journal and Courier. Again, he's, I don't know how he does everything. I had no clue, absolutely no clue. But we're lucky to have him here on Fridays coming in and uh, talking to you guys about everything going on. It's going to be another great weekend of uh, high school sports next week. Uh, there's nothing quite like the uh, boys' high school basketball tournament here in the state of indiana it's a great time right here for basketball in this state and uh, your boilermakers also rolling as well are you taking earplugs with you on uh, on saturday night well i mentioned last week when Purdue played ohio state there was a put back dunk attempt that mason gillis went up for and, and got fouled and so it didn't go in and i said if he would have if he would have flushed that I, I would have needed earplugs because the place was ready to explode and uh he just you know Unfortunately, got fouled in that situation, but uh, all in all, Purdue got a win that it needed, so that's the most important thing that came out of that. And uh, no, I don't take earplugs, so I'm sure that I'm getting up there in years now. My hearing will take a, a dive at some point, and I will probably need hearing aids. Well, you know what? It's not a bad way to lose, let's be honest. <laughs> Sam King. The perils of being in Mackey Arena every every home game. Uh, we're going to have to do these things. We're going to have to get the Relay Indiana things out here, and then I'm going to have to have AI just translate everything you type into the phone. It's going to be it's gonna be harder to do these things on a Friday, but you know what? It's all for the cause. Sam King, Lafayette, Journal and Kerr again. Always lucky to have him on here. Busy, busy guy. You see him out. You make sure you shoot him a big thumbs up, big salute there, because uh, nobody works harder locally covering your uh, local sports than this guy does. Sam, buddy, it's always a pleasure talking with you on a Friday. I look forward to it, and I hope you have a great weekend, bud. We'll be reading. All right. Thanks. You as well. Take care, bud. All right. We're going to take a little time out here. Come back. More Hammer Down Show next. 1017 The Hammer 1017. Big thank you to Sam King. It is the Hammer Down Show, 1017 The Hammer, 1017thehammer.com. A lot of good, like I said, high school stuff going on here. Uh, I, I love getting on Twitter, seeing um, a, a lot of these uh, folks getting, you know, that are competing this weekend in state tournaments. I saw last week, too, bands playing them out, stuff getting the little marches, uh, you know, the big rounds of applause. You, you love to see that as a, a fan of high school athletics, and uh, I think that's definitely cool. It's uh, stuff these. You know, athletes will remember for quite some time. Um, and uh, best of luck, man. Just best of luck. I love to see the area do really good. Um, yeah, I just, being an old swimming guy myself, I just went through and tried to just look at the heat sheets. And yeah, Sam's right. West Lafayette's got some, uh, got some, uh, some Jimmies and Joes here. The key is there is just to get your, you need your relay in that top eight. You get double the points for relays. Top eight's where all the points are at. They're sitting at the eighth seed in the 400 relay.
I didn't see that. I guess West Lafayette or Harrison got the 200 relay win. And then I didn't get a chance to see where they, I think they were pretty, they were pretty high up there in the medley relay too, right? Yeah, they're eighth in the medley relay there too. And yeah, there's, you know, there's plenty of other teams uh, locally. I know we've got some individual swimmers and stuff that make it there too. The thing I like about that sport is um, you can still, you know, there's a state cut time, much like a track. So if you get that, you're guaranteed in. Otherwise, it's all the sectional champions, and then they'll go to the next. And if they can't fill out the 32, then they'll go to the next ones. But, yeah, to get your relays down there, you get four alternates in your relays, too. So just to have those kids to have that experience of being there on a Saturday is is uh, always huge. And West Lafayette gets a couple of relays in the top eight. You get a couple other individuals to score. You could be top ten at the end of the day as a team. Be huge. Best of luck to them. All right. So, as uh, Sam mentioned there last night, uh, just the huge news that Illinois had come back. I don't know how they did it, but they came back last night. They beat Northwestern. Terrence Shannon Jr. Phenomenal. 18 point halftime deficit was their largest of the season. So Northwestern and Illinois in their 115-year series, the Illini prevented just the fourth season sweep by the Wildcats as well, which is a little bit crazy. 115 years. <laughs> Northwestern's only sweeped three times. It's amazing. But that does set up a very favorable scenario for Purdue Uh, A little bit of added pressure against your rival at home against Indiana on Saturday. The trophy should be in the building, and it's very, very simple for Purdue. If you beat Indiana, you move to 14-4, and and you've got at least a share. In order for Northwestern to catch you then, they would have to win their last three which is at Maryland, at home against Penn State, and at Rutgers. Yeah, that Rutgers game right now, I thought, you know, would be a little bit more, oh, yeah, that's the safety there. Not so much. It's clearly the Maryland game, which is on Sunday. So we could be coming back on Monday here saying Purdue is the sole winner of the Big Ten with two games left. I think you would sign up for that uh, 12 times out of 10, wouldn't you? I mean, perhaps then those uh, early those road losses, the Northwestern, the Maryland, and the Indiana game. That's not so bad now, is it? I think, we was it Sam we had on, or I can't remember who it was, and we talked about those losses and uh, brought up a great point that, like, look, if you space those out, if one of those was, like, in December, another one in January, one in February, you wouldn't be freaking out about it. But, you know, you're losing to a Northwestern team that's, you know, was much better than anticipated. Although the officiating hurt you there. You lost at Indiana, and you know IU uh, is very, very strong in Assembly Hall, very weak on the road. You don't hit free throws. You get some early foul trouble there. That one got away from you. Oh, and then Maryland just was very physical, and 
Again, another game where you probably weren't happy with the officiating. So in a tremendous spot there. Of course, Purdue, too, can also put a nail in the coffin and uh, take the uh, take the Big Ten title outright with uh, a win against Indiana and then a, a win against Wisconsin or Illinois. I think you feel good about your chances going up to Wisconsin. By the way, you're going to get uh, another like five days off because they don't play until Thursday. So more rest for Purdue. Are they going to play Thursday and Sunday? And then you got to wait until, what, Thursday again to play? So I, I like this. Purdue getting some rest at the end of the season here. It's been a grind. I mean, look at Indiana. Look at Trace Jackson Davis. We talked about yesterday. Uh, your, you know, Doyle from the Star was comparing those stats. But there is one minor detail that gets left out. And that is the average minutes per game. Trace Jackson Davis is playing almost 34 minutes a game. Zach's, what's Zach hover around 30? And I mean, lately it's been. 39 against Rutgers, 40 against Michigan, 39 against Northwestern, 37 against Illinois, and they shut him down early in that Michigan State game, but he still got 35 minutes in. Yeah, so to have this rest right now, absolutely huge. I, you would kill for this kind of rest right now. Trace Jackson Davis certainly would. But Purdue in such a phenomenal space right now. You get to come home to Mackey. You know the title is in the building. You know you got a chance to celebrate with your fans. You want to get some payback for what happened at Assembly Hall. And you're looking to put an exclamation point here and take home number 25 and make them recut that video at the beginning of the uh, the uh, walkouts and everything, right? You're right there. It's within your grasp. I like the matchup. Like I said earlier, and we'll talk a little bit with uh, Jeff Julik and Alan and, and Nate about this, I think this game gets decided maybe um, in, in that first 10 to 12 minutes. IU wants to speed Purdue up. They want to put pressure on the guards all the way up the court. They don't want to let Brandon comfortably look back at the bench and figure out what they want to do. They want to put him in panic mode. They want to put Fletcher Lawyer in panic mode. But if you can draw an early foul coming up the court because they're too aggressive, that either it does one of two things. Either they stay with that, and then they get in trouble uh, with fouls with their guards, which is a very bad situation for Indiana. Or then they have to abandon the pressure plan, and then they have to start sagging back. Either way, it's a win for Purdue. So Mackey has to be loud. Mackey has to do everything that it can to try to influence those officials. Not that they don't normally do. You gotta let them have it. You gotta get them, you gotta intimidate them to blow the whistle. Leave, leave no shred of doubt with them that they've missed calls. That's what the home court advantage is supposed to be about. But if you can do that, and I don't want to speculate, you get two early ones on Trace Jackson Davis, that's an even bigger problem for them. 
but they just they don't have the they don't have what you can do uh, normally with the guard. I think Mason Gillis probably who is going to have a uh, a great game. They just they they really struggle to 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 guard that that three spot four spot sometimes, especially the three spot. That that has been made pretty darn clear. So if Ethan Morton wants to knock down shots, Ethan Morton can have a big game. But I think this is one where Mason Gillis, if he if he's going to start again, and I don't know what they're going to do with that with that four spot there. If it's going to be first, or if it's going to be Gillis. We'll see what happens, but uh, I, I like Purdue tomorrow. I really do. I think this is a game that can spiral out of control for Indiana if they're not careful. Um, but, yeah, good luck with your hearing if you're going to tomorrow's game. Let's take one final break. We're going to wrap it up for the Hammer Down Show. We're going to bring the Boiler Basketball Show at the top of the hour. It's a whole hour. Myself, Jeff Julik, special guest Alan Karpik, special guest Nate Barrett. And uh, we'll just talk Boilermaker Big Ten Hoops. That's coming up at the top of the hour here on 101.7 The Hammer. 101. Hey, it's the Hammer Down Show. 101.7 The Hammer. 101.7 TheHammer.com. Jared Jessalitis with you here. Man, if you're going out to Mackey this Saturday, I hope you just... I hope you're able to make a day of it. I am not going to be in attendance. I know. I'm the worst. Uh, Got the family. I'm not like I'm not going to be not watching the game. Definitely not watching the game. That's got too much family stuff. Wife's not feeling good. You got to help take care of the kids a little bit more. Got to do the dad thing. Got to do the dad thing. But if you're going, I hope you have a great Saturday in doing it. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Hey, let's get to uh, some of the things that we may have missed. Uh, shout out. Look, the Honda's going on right now. The Honda Classic. They're playing in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida at the PGA National Resort. We got two Boilermakers absolutely crushing it. Crushing it. Adam Shank through 10 is one under today. Four under for the tournament. That's down eight spots. Tyler Duncan is 7th right now. He's 3-under on the day, 6-under for the tournament, which is 4 uh, off the lead. He's through 13 today. you love to see it. I had seen that uh, Adam was in the, uh, the, the top 10 yesterday, but I did not see that Tyler was up that high as well. So, you know, after day one, we had two Boilermakers in the top 10. That's great for the program. So good for those guys. Uh, I don't know if it's on TV this weekend or not. But it would be awesome to get two Boilermakers in. Look, I would love the top 10. Top 20 is reasonable. Yes. I would love to see two Boilermakers in the top 20. I think that would be awesome. And if one of them wants to make a run on Sunday, well, I am here to bet on it. We'll see where it's at on Saturday. None of them here to bet on it. Uh, and then, um, what's going on with the Pac-12? Nobody wants to bid on their media rights. Remember, they were going to do this thing. They were going to get in a little bit early so they could lock up everybody so that nobody jumps uh, and goes you know, off to the Big Ten. 
and we talked uh, about uh, months ago the scenarios that we thought made sense for teams that would jump to the Big Ten for that payday after uh, USC goes and UCLA. Well, those are, I mean, those are the two breadwinners in the conference, and now nobody apparently wants it. You actually have TV networks that are coming out and denying that they're even bidding on this. The latest is Ion Television, which is uh, owned by Scripps. They have 61 local TV stations nationwide. They just launched their new Scripps Sports this year, and they are not bidding. They're not bidding. Apple was rumored to be thinking about making a move. Apple has not made an offer for any of this stuff. So much for that big new media deal. Now, if you are a team that was thinking about a Big Ten offer and you're seeing this, come on. If a TV company that just runs Hawaii 5-0 and Law and Order marathons all day doesn't want you, that's not a good sign. Now, I'm sure some major network's going to think about just how cheaply they can pick up the Pac-12, like ESPN at one point. This will probably just get low enough. They're like, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll gobble that up. But I think you're going, to have, uh, you're going to have some of the big dogs in the Pac-12 looking to get out if this is the case. If they haven't already been making calls, oh, they're making calls. That does it for us on the boiler uh, for the uh, Hammer Down Show. Coming up next, stick around. It's myself and Jeff Julik, special guest Alan Carpick from GoldenBlack.com. Nate Barrett, our good buddy, uh, is also going to be on as well. And we're going to spend a whole hour talking Boilermaker hoops with the Boilermaker Basketball Show. i got to get my flowers. I told him three weeks ago, I told you it was going to come down to Purdue in Indiana Trophy in the building in Mackey Arena. I called it three weeks ago, so I got to get my props. I got I got one right. Come on, let me let me have it. Let me have it. So that's coming up next. Uh, stick around for that here on 1017 The Hammer and 1017thehammer.com.